Hello and welcome to Aunt Mary from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Now for our story. The train carrying David Bowman and his niece Kit sped past sleeping towns and wide dark fields on the first lap of its journey. An hour ago in Miami, they had brought Kit aboard and put her to bed. It had all gone very smoothly. The sedative Dr. Nielsen had administered just before they left the hotel had kept the young woman in a summer coma. She had hardly noticed what was happening as Mrs. Grafton, the nurse, made her comfortable. Now they are on their way home. Mrs. Grafton has gone into dinner. David sits quietly by Kit's berth in her private bedroom, a thick book open in his hands. Looking through the half-open window, he can see an occasional wink of lights as the train flashes past the farmhouse. Then his eyes return to his book. He doesn't notice that Kit is awake. She stares at him, not quite sure it is really he. Her mind vague and clouded as she thinks... Where am I? This isn't my room in Miami. The windows, the walls, it's all different. But if I'm asleep, what's that noise? It, it sounds like a train. Well, kid, you're awake. Uncle David? Yes, kid. I'm right here beside you. And, and where am I? What's happening? I, I heard a train. You mustn't be upset, my dear. You're going to be fine before long. Are you really, Uncle David? Yes, dear. But Uncle David is far away. He's in Wakefield. No, kid. I'm right here. You've been ill, but you're going to get well. But where am I? I, I keep hearing a train. It is a train, kid. I'm taking you home. Home? Home? Oh, no, no. No, please don't. Please don't take me home. Give me your hand, kid. That's right. Hold it tightly. There. There. Uncle David has a strong hand. Hands like these. I remember when I was little, he'd pick me up and swing me high in the air. Your... Your hands are like his. Kit, look at me. He had eyes like yours, too. But his hair was dark. He'd bend down and I'd ruffle my hands through it. It was crisp and curly. But your hair is straight. It is now, my dear. Once it wasn't, when you were a little girl. Kit, do you remember how we... how we walked in the square? Your mother on one side and I on the other? You are such a pretty little girl. You sound like Uncle David. Yes, yes, you do. I'm going to take care of you, Kit. You've been ill. But once you're rested, you'll feel so much better. Will you try to listen, my dear? Will you do what I ask? Yes, Uncle David. I'll try. I want you to be strong again. You must rest when you get home. Rest? I won't go home. I won't. I'm afraid. Dad says he locked me up. Listen to me, Kit. Try to understand. I'm not taking you to your father's house. Dad and Jesse. Oh, don't let them come near me. You mustn't be afraid, my dear. You're safe. Yes. I'm beginning to remember now. I was in Paul's room at the hotel. 
In Miami. Yeah. I was ill. A doctor came and... But I can't remember after that. Mr. Cromwell telephoned Wakefield. He told us you were ill. So I came to get you. I'm taking you to Huntsville. To Huntsville? Yes. There's a fine hospital there. You'll be taken care of. You, you won't take me to 11th Street, to Dad's house. Promise you won't. I promise, Kit. Why are you doing this? I thought you hated me. I've never hated you, Kit. Your mother was my sister. I loved her, and I loved her daughter. But I couldn't reach you, Kit. Perhaps now, when you're well again, it'll be different. If only it could be. I've been so lonely, Uncle David. I know you have. There's... There's one thing. If, if you really mean to help me... I do. I do with all my heart. What is it? I... Hard to know how to tell you. To make you understand. Well, just do your best. I'm not a very smart fellow, Kit, but I think I'll be able to understand. I... I know I'm ill. I can't remember things. There are gaps in my memory. Everything's confused and twisted in my mind. It, it, it frightens me. But there's one person who knows. Who could help me. Only I... I can't remember his name. I can't even remember his face. Where was it, Kit? When did you know him? It was a long time ago. He said he'd be my friend. He told me not to be frightened. And I wasn't. Not when he was there. But he went away. He went away because of Dad. Dad sent him away. Now I can't find him. Don't think about it now. When you're well again, you'll find him. You'll remember. But I need him now before it's too late. Before Dad comes for me. Oh, Uncle David, you won't let Dad come Don't for me. Don't be frightened, Kit. I gave you my promise, you know. Yes. That's right. Oh, Uncle David, I'm so lonely. Everyone in the world is lonely at some time, my dear. But there's one very important thing you must learn. The only way you'll ever be happy. You must learn to give. To give? There's still time for you to rebuild your life. You're young. You can be happy. But not selfishly. First, you must admit your mistakes. Let my father admit his. Uh, wait a minute, kid. There's a passage in this book I'm reading. Will you listen? I don't want to listen. I don't... Oh, I'm tired and afraid. Listen, kid. Some of the best and loveliest of us have been afraid. And over all this cruelty is the face of fear. I want to cry out to them and tell them they were fools to be afraid. I want to say the things they were afraid to say. That love is rooted in the earth. That love is beautiful and everlasting. And that men must love life 
and hate the barren waste of death. But when David looked up from the volume of Thomas Wolfe, Kit's eyes were closed. She had fallen asleep. He looked at her compassionately, hopefully, thinking how much he wanted to see her well again and happy. But in Wakefield, at that same moment, there were forces at work to destroy David's plans for his niece's recovery. Jesse Calvert's hatred of Kit was at work. She'd enlisted the help of her former lover, Brett Cameron. Brett, who now goes to the telephone, calls Ben Calvert's number. Hey, Jesse. I have news for you. I called Judge Willoughby a while ago. Well, of course I didn't tell him my name. And he doesn't know me from Adam, so I'll never recognize my voice. Told him I had a tip for him. Kit Calvert was being brought back to the state by Arthur. You <laughs> bet he was interested. Anyway, you needn't worry about having Ben's daughter around. That perjury rap will put her in prison for a long time to come. Perhaps you were right, Kit, when you told David Bowman you were afraid. Perhaps the irrational fear of your father, which you've shown since the beginning of your illness, is an unconscious attempt to place the guilt for your actions on Ben's shoulders. Ben may be as guilty as you are, Kit, as guilty as you believe him to be. But the law is on his side and against you. Now, if Jesse has her way, you may pay for your actions to the full extent of the law. <laughs> 